0: everyone welcome to the squared circle podcast where wrestling chat is for wrestling fans my name's andy evans joining me as always is my broadcast partner uh yeah you are my broadcast partner aren't you you're my tag team partner you're my brother from another mother uh yeah you're the the twisted steel to my constant sex appeal Uh, it's sam mellows uh how you doing big man
1: yeah, I'm doing really good. Really, really good. I had a really good week this week. Got a week off work, so who who can blame me for being happy? Um, yeah, well, yeah also. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but no, yeah, it's really, really good. Um, been a really good week in wrestling as well. So, uh, what's not to like?
0: It's been a really good week in wrestling. Really good week. Yeah. I got chat to the virtuosa. Oh,
1: very jealous. Was Great a interview, happy. but we'll discuss that more in a bit.
0: You did have the opportunity to attend. I will go that. Uh, we will just say that we are coming to you today from a very hot and sunny Weymouth. It's finally arrived, ladies and gentlemen. The summer has arrived here in the UK for two days because it's meant to be raining again by this weekend. No, you
1: know. the latest update is weird. it's going to be hot until all in.
0: Well, we're going to be all uh, in.
1: And I'm going to be all out of energy come the next day when I burn out from the heat. <laughs>
0: I think you're to be burning out from the chanting. Of course, that does mean that we are now two weeks away from AEW All In, which takes place Sunday, August 27th at Wembley. Uh, you can meet us at Wembley Stadium. Just come and say hello to, uh, to, to Sam and myself. If you see us, we'll let you know where in the arena we're sat, what row we're in. If you come and sit next to us and you're a TSC fan, imagine that. We've got a TSC listener sat next to us at Wembley, right? That'd be cool, wouldn't it? Do you know what I mean? Uh, the whole stadium. Well, yeah. All right. Yeah. All 85,000 people. We're going to touch on oh, that in just a second.
2: Uh, coming a up...
0: Man. Oh, it would be amazing, wouldn't it? Coming up this week, uh, we've got all the normal favourites. We've got a talking point, which is all about the Heyman effect. What impact has Paul Heyman had on professional wrestling and on the WWE? We have got a clip of the Diana Parazzo interview that took place yesterday that's already available on socials and on youtube and on the podcast feed we'll give you a clip of it if you haven't seen it or you haven't listened to it check it out um and we've got your news round and we've also got rewind and i think there's a challenge i haven't written it yet Uh, I forgot. So we'll be doing that in just a second. Now, if you want to get in contact with us on the show over socials, you can do. It's really easy now. Uh, And it's at the bottom of the screen. If you're watching on uh, YouTube, join in the conversation using the hashtag TSC pod. And you can go to Facebook, Instagram X or threads and it's TSC wrestling pod.
1: Yeah. And also, while, while we're on that subject, Yes. On When you're on YouTube, you're watching us on YouTube, leave us a little comment. Also, if you are not already subscribing to us, press the subscribe button. And while you're there, you change the settings on the little bell and change that to all. So anytime we put anything up, it will be automatically notify you. Also, if you're listening on Spotify, because I know you guys listen on Spotify as well, please remember to leave us a five-star review. Because do you know why? It helps us help you listeners because trust me we want to get as many as you guys listening on and that helps us because we know how well we're doing so yeah
0: you've had a lot of e-numbers today haven't you
1: um, i may have
0: yeah yeah but blame the seat blame the seat a lot of e-numbers all right <laughs> this is going to be one hell of a show let's do it let's get to it this is news round we'll see you after this Smooth. I forgot the background until halfway through the video and then couldn't find it. Uh, right. As we mentioned, AEW All In is next weekend, the most historic wrestling event of all time. And it continues to make history. According to WrestleTicks, the promotion has crossed 80,000 tickets sold for the event, which as we said, takes place from the legendary Wembley stadium in London. It has less than 1000 tickets from breaking wrestlemania 32's record of being the highest attended wrestling event in history in paid attendance it has already beat SummerSlam from 1992 and you know how historic is that i mean i, I was in london on monday i went out to work for the day uh i got off at waterloo station all in poster got the tube to bakerloo all in posters all over the place i even sent you you know, a picture of it in our WhatsApp. Yeah. When was the last time that you saw the UK literally be overtaken by a wrestling show? I mean, it's all over the place.
1: Like, I know we obviously had money in the bank this year. We had trash at the castle last year. But for someone who goes up to London as much as I can and also goes around the country, no offense to the WWE because we could up to WWE and we'll be talking about a lot of WWE things today. However, the advertisement wasn't that much. I think when I was up there prior to uh, Money in the Bank, I saw one poster. One poster. Yeah. Compared to, I've got a lot of friends and family members who are li- who live in London and they see it all the time. They're like, oh, Are you going to this all in? Because I know you're a wrestling fan. I know you do a wrestling podcast. you going in. I went, Oh, yeah, we'll be there on the 27th doing a meet up in outside Wembley um, at Box Park or around that area. So um, I'm sure you'll meet us there. But, like, you see posters everywhere. And I think, for me, that's a fantastic thing that we have that way that the PR team, the, the promotions, or even the wrestlers themselves, even the wrestlers who aren't even on the show – are advertising it i've seen so many british wrestlers who aren't even on the show and not they haven't even got a close friend who are on the show but they are advertising on their socials all the time like have you seen all ordered in there like even if all the tickets sold out they would still promote it and for me that is a way forward like this is historic like don't get me wrong money in the bank was historic and all stuff like that classic castle was historic this is a Wembley Stadium. Wembley Stadium, 21 years... No, 31 years ago, Christ. my age. um, 31 years ago, my brother and also a friend of mine who's actually going to go to All-In as well, um, they went to SummerSlam 92 and hearing the stories about then and I'm able to be in that history and Andy and all the other uh, 80,000 fans in attendance, we're going to be their part of history. Like, this is massive. And this, I think for me... No offense to Money in the Bank, but this is a proving point that we can have wrestling, big wrestling companies come to this country all the time. Like we have impact coming later this year. And obviously, we talked with Andy, talked about it more in the interview. The The fact that we had Money in the Bank, we had Clash of the Castle last year, hopefully, it's going to become a recurring, recurring thing. It's going to be constant. I don't think, because I truly believe that the 27th of August is going to go down in history of reigniting American and also um, Japanese, all companies around the world going, Joe you know what? We should do a show in England. Why? Because we are the heart of wrestling. I've always said this since I was an EO to a grasshopper. English wrestling is where it comes from. Like, oh, and it, like the, we have wrestling. The Americans have wrestling. So it's, uh, I'm, I'm pumped for it, as and you I, probably I, tell. And I, it's I, not
0: just today's E-numbers. <laughs> but I think we're already seeing that, though, aren't we? Because already... Since All In got announced, you know, we've had the Money in the Bank pay-per-view, which you, you quite rightly mentioned. We've had that John Cena tease of WrestleMania coming to the UK. Um, we've had New Japan announce they're coming back. They're going to be at the Copper Box. Impact are now doing four dates here in the UK. And it's all taking place in one calendar year. But it, I, I suppose my only question is, and we'll talk more on this, I'm sure, next week when we do the preview for All In, Is it too much? Because you're going from, you're shaking your head, and I I, I get it, and I'm a wrestling fan as well, and and I'm with you more the merrier. We don't get roars, we don't get smackdowns. But the reason I'm going here is we are obviously still in the cost of living crisis, okay, if you want to go political. We're in a cost of living crisis. The war in Ukraine, inflation rates have gone up through the roof. Cost of spending has gone up through the roof. You saw money in the bank tickets going for up to two and a half thousand pounds You've then got the impact tickets which trust me i want to go to that show because it's going to be amazing those one of those four shows new japan are coming over all in have come over if you do this on a recurring basis every year how do you pick and choose which one you want to go to and is it too much because you've got to think aew next year based on the success of this are going to be running all in again that will expand to become a dynamite that will expand to become a collision that will expand to become a rampage. So already you're getting a full weekend. A full week. A full week. WWE Bye. WWE have already done raw SmackDown and a pay-per-view. Impact yeah. it would make sense for Impact to do an Impact month of tapings in the UK, because we know they're pre-taped, followed it up by the UK tour. So where does it where does it stop? And how often do you get a company like WWE or AEW coming to the UK?
1: Yeah, so so it's an interesting question, because I, I had the same discussion with one of my mates, and we were discussing about the price of it, because I so wanted to go to Castle Castle, I so wanted to go to Money in the Bank, however, a certain company that is very famous for selling tickets, put the tickets very, very, very high, and it's been very noted that it was that company, not the actual company that had the wrestling show, um, itself because the wrestling show itself didn't want the tickets to be that high, but the com- the ticket company did. I'm not saying say, saying names because there's many companies that can sell tickets. Very masters that's it, um, like you know, But the anyone thing for me, any,
0: anyone would think they are ticket masters. Masters,
1: yes. Um, no, because also it's funny because they're the same company who then sell tickets for all in completely completely different price dynamics. And you say about the whole cost of living and that lot. And I think, I always say cluster flush, but I do believe that I think all the companies, I'm not saying they all sit together in a boardroom and go, right, you guys take spring, you take you take um, <laughs> summer, you take fall, and you take winter. But I think you should realise that why would you do a show literally the month after? It has worked this time, but in the future, I think if it was well spread, they could make big things of it, all stuff like that. But in this day and age, I almost feel like with the cost of living post COVID and all that things. And I've always said this and I say this to my mate is that in my view, we need to something to look forward to just not all at once. Hence why I think it should be that the company should realize, ah, okay, so this company is doing it then we're doing it then. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but it's being well spread well marketing. Like, no one's going to want to go on Monday to something and then, Oh, you're going to go to pretty much the same thing on Tuesday. You're going to get, you're going to get that out. You're not going to be able to afford both days or you're not going to get both days off or stuff like that. Like we're in a day and age that so many companies now you have to take annual leave and you have to take, or if you're not, you have to take days off. It's not easy to just click your fingers and get that day off or planning around. And I think, in a day and age where we are tight on money, well, well, don't, don't get me wrong, and we all know this, but we should have something to look forward to. Like some people look forward to Taylor Swift coming to sing, or Harry Styles, or Adele. Like people look forward to that thing. For me, I, yes, don't get me wrong, did go and see Ed Sheeran last year, absolutely loved it. But I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm, a, I'm a Ed Sheeran fan. I fully admit, um, but. My biggest thing is the fact I've really, really looked forward to, and i my probably bored my wife to death about it, but the 27th of August, I'm so buzzing to go. Not just because it's wrestling, but because it's a day out with friends and having making history. But the biggest part is I'm a massive wrestling fan and wrestling is coming back to England. And it's at a fair price. The fact that we were able to get our tickets for 30, like no more than 30 pounds per mm. person. Yes, they are up in the gods, and if you want to go lower, they are more, but that's like anything. The thing I didn't accept was the facts with Money in the Bank and Clash of the Castle you were up in the gods in the nosebleeds, and you it basically you probably were watching Ant Man in the Ring as a, as a little dot, but the tickets were about five times more than the ticket I am, I'm having for Wembley. And it's quite mind blowing that different companies can do that or the, the certain masters of tickets can put the tickets at different things so yeah
0: you've made some really interesting points there and i want to kind of like pick up on a couple of them if i can um and the first one is is the fact that you mentioned about not running another major promotion event one month after the other and you're right money in the bank was july all in is obviously august do you know why i think it's worked and it's worked for two reasons. One, they are both premium, A star events, right? Mm. It's not like AEW have come over and just running a house show, which yeah, okay, admittedly, three weeks ago we were all concerned it was going to be a house show because no matches been booked. You know, it's the it's a historic moment for All Elite, not only because of the fact it's their first tour in the UK since inception. Bear in mind we've been through the pandemic era. Um, But it's Wembley Stadium, you know, and if you're watching this on YouTube, guys, we are having, I think, some Internet issues. So you might be watching the video. It might be a little bit out of sync. Um, Hopefully the audio's not affected. We can't do much about that. It's the evil empire called Sky Fiber. But just bear with us on it as much as we can. Um, But I think, you know, it's it's interesting how they've placed it. And I think it's a great testament to UK fans because we are so passionate about professional wrestling. And we have lost a lot of time compared to the US. But there's also a point where I would love to have had that scenario in my head going around and what you were saying about all the companies sat in the boardroom, like talking about when they were going to come to the UK. I would love to have Triple H sending a text going, "Hello, secondary promotion AEW." Uh, we, we work. and Tony Khan coming back saying, "We're bigger than you, so we're going for." You can just imagine that. I'd yeah. love to animate it and just imagine those conversations. Oh, but anyway, there we that, go.
1: But the last thing about it is the fact that one thing I will say, and I've I've, said, I've heard this from so many people who are who went to Money in the Bank, but who are also going to all in. That they feel like they feel like it's different. They're because they're two different companies. They're going to be doing two different products. That's why it's worked being back to back. If it was it was just a bog standard, not no offense to things, but a bog standard pay per view may have not worked. But because it was yeah. a, a gimmick, a gimmick pay per view in the form of or premium live event in the form of money in the bank, it helped. So yeah.
0: But also, I think the fact that what was I going to say? It's history, isn't it? You yeah. There's a lot of legacy coming here because you're going to have a lot of parents who were kids at SummerSlam 92 oh, yeah. that came with their parents are now bringing their kids. And I know that for a fact because one of my closest friends is doing the same thing. You know, he's bringing his son. He went with his dad back in 1992. Yeah. He's now going with his son in 2023. And that's what it's all about, isn't it? You know, yeah, compared to, I, I
1: know... I know someone who went with and this is brilliant the, he went with his dad yeah and his granddad yeah at all in he's going with his granddad in a put in a wheelchair him his, uh, his so to him his granddad his dad and his son so wow. it's literally it went from three generations to now four generations 30 years on so His son is five and probably won't
0: really enjoy the show because he'll be like,
1: oh, my God. But
0: who knows? (laughs) Wearing the headphones. But still, it's going to be amazing. And next week we will be previewing the card as we know it at the time of recording. And I'm still expecting some big ones. Obviously, I think tomorrow night, uh, tonight, as we're recording this on Wednesday uh, on Dynamite, we know Kenny Omega's got a sit down interview with Jim Ross. I am expecting that match to be confirmed uh, then. Jericho, we know is over with Fozzie. He's going to be on that card. And do you know what I'm predicting for this? I've got it. I, I've got an idea of what's going to happen. Okay. I reckon I've got two scenarios based on tonight's dynamite. We know Jericho is going to go to the Callis family and give his decision. Okay. They are not going to do Kenny Omega versus uh, Takashita at All In. They're going to wait until it All Out. Jericho is going to decline the Callis family. He will be facing Takashita at All In. Ooh. Bet you.
1: I've got a different theory. We know the Will Offspring is at,
0: yeah.
1: at All In. Realistically, Chris Jericho's at All In. Realistically, Kenny Omega is all in. Triple threat match. Kenny Omega versus Y2J versus the Aerial Assassin. I'm sorry, but that is money.
0: Hang on. Hang on. Will Ospreay versus Y2J versus the Aerial Assassin. Will no. Ospreay can't wrestle himself twice. That's what you just said.
1: Did I say you that? Mean- okay, so say- the cleaner versus Y2J versus the Aerial Assassin. I'm getting too excited. What let I say about the e-numbers? <laughs>
0: I did tell you when you came on board I will pick you up on the smallest of little things, because if I don't, somebody will. Uh, that's a good match. The other perspective, and this is uh, actually thanks to Lee who put a comment on Facebook earlier on today, we know the night before um, all in, is uh, I think it's Rev Pro doing something at the cockpit. We also know that Mickey James is over for that. So where Mickey James goes, a certain husband will most likely follow. And I want to take you back in time to 2018 of All In, in Chicago, where it was Cody Rhodes, the EVP, facing off against Nick Aldis. Mm -hmm. Cody Rhodes is no longer in in the WWE. He's no longer in AEW. But another EVP is Kenny Omega. So Kenny Omega, Nick Aldis, to see if Aldis can beat two of the EVPs of All Elite.
1: Okay. i put another one or, out for
0: you. Okay, hang on. Two seconds. I've got, okay. I've, got one more, I've got two more. Or Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay 3, which I hope doesn't happen, but I do hope it happens because that will be a god. And Chris Jericho joins the Callus family and goes up against Sammy Guevara.
1: Very nice. Very nice. I like that. There's another one, and this is what I've seen a lot online. People are saying the night before you have Rev Pro's 11th anniversary, but yep. also you have progress, yep. and a certain certain Davy Boy Smith Jr. is on that card. Oh dear! Mickey James is at Rev Pro, so Nick Aldis goes with, and a lot of people saying, are they going to put on a British exhibition match? Between David Boy Smith Jr. and Nick Aldous, I hope not because I believe Nick Aldous is signed with WWE as a producer. We don't know how much that is true, and I feel like David Boy Smith Jr. isn't isn't quite into the standard of being an exhibition match wrestler for All In when there's other matches that should be on that card. But who knows? But we will discuss that more next week on next week's show. Because next week's show, we're going to be all in talking about all in. But also, when we're on about that, we're also going to be talking about a new segment that will happen at all oh in.
0: Oh, I forgot about this.
1: Yeah. All right. It's, but I'm yeah, going to keep that right. leave to you guys to be excited and look forward to finding out what more about that is next week.
0: Yeah, and, and so tune in. I And I totally forgot about that. Also, um, we haven't even got to this week's show. Next week for the All In, we are hopefully going to have a guest uh, joining us to become a three-man band who will be at All In as well. So we'll be doing the All In preview. Right. Coming up next, CM Punk. We're sticking with All Elite Wrestling and we're sticking with... Yeah. This past weekend, it was reported that AEW star Adam Hangman Page was in Greensboro on Saturday to film a pre-tape for tonight's Dynamite. However, when the former world champion arrived at Collision, he was told they had to film the segment elsewhere. Page wasn't the only talent who was sent away. According to Fightful Select, Ryan Nemeth, the brother of Nick Nemeth of Dolph Ziggler, uh, was sent home. Christopher Daniels. Was sent home. Why were they sent home? Because they had previous beef with CM Punk. Now, CM Punk is calling the shots on Collision. You've got to think. At the end of the six-man match, the trios match for the trio championship between CMFTR and the House of Black punk cut a promo on Adam Page basically saying he couldn't draw he was worthless etc 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 it went all around the the buzz the the internet dirt sheets about whether or not that was a work shoot whether or not it was legit whether or not it was scripted apparently it was a work shoot he's actually gone and apologized to adam page for the way it came out we also know that the young bucks Nah, they're not going to work a program with CM Punk. Kenny Omega is open to working this program, but we don't know about Adam Page. So the question is, is CM Punk doing the right thing the way he's acting on Collision? Because whether or not we've got a brand split, we seem to have a brand split.
1: So I, I personally would agree that he is doing the right thing. Um, but that's probably the bit of healing me. Um, but no, I I think I think the thing is the thing for me with it all is he's obviously doing something right, because look at collision, it's the best show out of the free. I I will fully admit, I wasn't a fan of collision the idea of collision before it. And I was like, this ain't why do we need a third one? Yeah. But it works so well. And he's obviously doing something right. Kicking some people out of backstage because of being previous beef with them. Don't know how I feel about that. Not saying it's professional and the whole... Uh, I've, I've seen videos of said, like, promo. Yeah. And there is bits you think to yourself, dude, wind your neck in. You're doing an absolutely amazing job, but wind your neck in. I'm I'm left feeling... You're clearly doing the right thing because it's working and look at the, the ratings, looking at the viewing, also looking at your products. If you are the one in charge and the one who's booking everything, fair play for Tony Khan for giving him that opportunity and he is taking it and running. He is proving that how well he thinks about wrestling and he's not just i I'm a wrestler, it's all about me thing. However, he is all about him. It is the CM Punk show or no show. And I feel to the point where... Is it going to get to the point that there's another kickoff and we're not going to have collision because who's going to book it, or are we going to have collision and it's going to go downhill? I I hope it doesn't get to the point where he's then going to start burning bridges that are never going to be able to be built again, and we're going to have a point where people are going to want to leave AEW like we had to Joey Janella, we had to Sunny Kiss, we had other wrestlers who have chosen to go. Do you know what? No, I'm off. Bye. Um, that, that's the door. I'm going to walk out of it. I'm not going to re-sign. Or we have other people who go, "Well, oh, actually, I really want to re-sign." And those people are re-signing because of Punk, or they they're signing because they now have a third uh, third show. So that means more people are being featured. It's not the same people all three shows. Is that the CM Punk effect, or is that the Tony Khan effect?
0: I see I would argue and say it's a bit of both okay now the only thing that I'm concerned about is we covered the other week on the show about Britt Baker coming out saying but there isn't a brand split as far as we know but it's a great opportunity to be on a different TV the thing about Collision at the moment which I like is it is separate and I do like that I, I will say this the set is amazing it's one of the most beautiful sets on TV at the moment um And I like the old school feel of it. The Saturday night's main event, kickoff with the the cold open, and then you go in with the promos, and then you go in with everything else. And I like the fact that they're building Ricky Starks, and they're giving him a platform, and they're they're really making a mainstay. But I think what's going to hurt Collision at some point down the line is you're going to get bored of CM Punk. Yeah. What happens, as we have known, CM Punk do over the last couple of years, he gets injured. You, you then starting to bring the elite or the BCC onto Collision. How does it then feel different to Dynamite? And I suppose what I'm trying to get at here is, are they trying to put all their eggs in one basket, making it the CM Punk show and giving him this creative reign, burning bridges, not letting some of the audience who don't watch Dynamite just watch Collision? Miss out on people like Wheeler Utah, miss out on the Jericho Appreciation Society. That whole storyline is exclusive to Dynamite. You're not seeing yeah. any of it on Collision. So it's like we've gone, we, it is like we've got a hard hmm. brand split. But if you get injured, who's going to pick it up and run with it?
1: Absolutely. And that, that's the thing. Like, I feel if you have an exact brand split and you know the brand members, and let's say for instance, Collision, it's CM Punk. FDR, the house of black, um, and then a few others and the facts of the old Samoa Joe. So then CM Punk gets injured. Okay. Who's really listening going to be the main event or main event story. It's going to be Joe versus Ricky Starks, or is it going to be Malachi black versus Samoa Joe? Or is it, um, FDR, we're going to focus on the tag team and have FDR versus Brody King and uh, Buddy Matthews, or whereas his, his, his <laughs> ring name is these days. I know he's track. All I know is he's uh, Rhea Ripley's hus- uh, Beyonce's soon-to-be husband. Um, but the thing for me, I, I truly believe, is that if they do a proper brand split, I think it's going to be better for the products, all three products, because then here's those people, here's those people, and here's those people. And like you say about the exclusive stories, however you then have the issue, and not just down to injury, but down to quite a lot of the AEW roster are not fixed with just AEW. They can wrestle for Ring of Honor. They can wrestle for Rev Pro. They can wrestle for Progress. They can wrestle for MLW. They can wrestle for World Wrestling down in Australia, like World Series Series Wrestling. And it's all these different companies that are they're allowed to wrestle for or well, they may have other bookings so it means there's that's that difficulty and that's the situation where a brand split is not a good thing because they can bounce between and be very fluid with what they what when they're on that they can be up Wednesday they can be on dynamite and they can also be on collision on Friday uh, Saturday, I mean but then the next week, they're not on it at all because they like like Chris um, Jericho with Fozzy. He can go off to Germany and pre- um, perform free shows and then he'll be back ready for the following
0: weeks. But you, you you say that the contract stipulations. I mean, we don't know the All Elite contracts. We're not going to see one, are we? We haven't seen it. Um, but the, the, the All Elite contracts, I would imagine, would be very much similar to the old Impact Wrestling TNA. <clears throat> Excuse me, where it is. You can go work for these other independent companies but we're priority. So if we say to you, we need you for, t- for TV, yeah. you're pulled and they've done that and they've gone yeah. to, to those shows. But I also think, and this is where I think TNA got it right. back in the day, the fact that if you open it up and you allow them to go to GCW, like I, I think this past week, there was a, either a GCW or an MLW card where every match had somebody from all elite. Yeah. On it, right. Now, two hours of dynamite, two hours of collision, one hour of rampage, eight hours of pay-per-view this month, if we work on the basis of four hours for all in and four hours for all out. You are now risking your talent injury by allowing them to go out and do the independent scene on the level that they're working. So if you are going to be running these two A-star programs, ramp- uh, dynamite and collision, and you are going to do this brand split, and you are going to bring in the house shows, which we know Jeff Jarrett's been signed on for, you're going to pull them from the live events, right?
1: Yeah. And... So
0: put that brand split in place now so people know what rosters you're going to go and watch. Because oh, absolutely. Be, but do it properly. Don't do it like WWE, where you do the draft, and then you've got LA Knight suddenly appearing on Monday Night Raw. And now you know The Miz is going to appear on SmackDown this this week, right? cut it ricky starks is collision john moxley is dynamite we're not going to see him cross over the only way we will see them cross over are the champions yeah you get rid of this whole yeah but you also get rid of this whole tnt title and tbs title you have one mid card one women's and they can go on both brands
1: yeah. And then so, I saw online someone say that like because of how if they did a brand split, they need to do it a certain way. If you're going to have a fluid, uh, let's call it the fluid thing where they can be on different things, is have Rampage. Have that yes. Friday night show is yes. to have the one that they can, a bit like you have for nowadays, you have main event, you have all that sort of stuff. Or back in the day, you had heat or velocity, that you have it that Wednesday it's Wednesday night dynamite and Saturday night collision like you have Monday night raw and Friday night smackdown you have two separate brands but then on Friday you have rampage where everyone can go that is the dumping ground not dumping ground that's that's wrong wording but like almost that is the middle ground between the two and they can amalgamate and meet there and fight all their woes out there or to the point where that's where they build up to when you go to pay-per-views, go back to the old school way of having it like it's Monday Raw, uh, it's Monday Night Raw versus Friday Smackdown in the match because they're going to send their best and their best and they, it could be done on
0: uh, on Rampage. But but also, it will give Rampage an identity because it will be, this is the development, you don't know what is going to happen on Rampage, right? Mm-hmm. Let's be frank, the best episode of Rampage in recent memory was a Championship Friday where you yep. had AAA, you had Zack Sabre Jr., nobody knew what it was going to be but it was good and actually I will say Rampage has had a rub thanks to the collision coming in because they seem to be booking it it better but I like that idea where you've suddenly yeah. got you know you're doing three matches on the card for Rampage and all of a sudden Brian Danielson appears cutting a promo on Miro right that's going to lead to a pe- I'm, I'm using it as an example that's yeah, going no, 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 to
1: be a killer of match
0: yeah but that's going to lead to double or nothing right Or you've got Fight for the Fallen. Over those three nights, you could amalgamate the brands. But because of this, and I think part of it is the CM Punk thing and the elite, this this whole backstage controversy, that they've kind of created it. And they're not innocent in this. The Young Bucks are not innocent in this. Right? Because the Young Bucks should be on Collision. They should be on next Saturday night's Collision. Absolutely. Promoting the match with FTR yeah right and that they, might that they might be oh yeah but
1: there won't be any cm punk anywhere near them but then you've got to also like with we are saying the fact that obviously we don't know what adam page situation with cm punk is but no. the fact that omega has said okay i'm up for working i don't we don't know obviously how much so far but after working a program with punk and the fact that Ham adam page might be the same we don't know However, the fact that the Bucks have clearly said, no, we don't want to be anywhere anywhere near Phil, like keep Phil Brooks away from us, you think to yourself, you're shooting yourself in the foot. But then it leads on to the factor of when you look at the factor of how you've got people like FDR, you've got people like House of Black who those two teams alone Against Young Bucks is pure money and also amazing matches. Yeah, like you're shooting yourself in the foot because I'm not saying they don't have this, but at the moment, there isn't overly loads of tag teams in AEW. So, who are they going to face? BC BCC or BCG? Um, but it's true. Um, like Bullet Gold, it's you, you open yourself to go. Who are you going to actually face? And that's where it would work if you had two separate brands who have, these are the tag teams and have it that Leslie, for instance, Collision has the trios title and then Dynamite has the tag title. The, it it would work like that. But the problem is at the moment it's not working like that.
0: No. And and I think that's the thing. Tony Khan is trying to keep it as fluid as he can. I mean, I'm still surprised, going back to the all-in card, how we still don't know the Samoa Joe CM Punk challenge. See, is that going to take place at all-in? They're promoting it, but they're also promoting Darby Allin versus Luchasaurus at all-out. Yeah, And we know Darby Allin's in the tag match with Sting. So are we getting that match at all-in? Are we not getting CM Punk at all-in? Now, if you don't bring CM Punk to all-in, you are going to have 80,000-plus fans in Wembley pissed. Oh, here we there, he and it may just be a promo.
1: Well,
0: that's a waste of bringing CM Punk over. You want CM exactly. Punk in the match? It's history again. It's his first match in the UK since WWE,
1: and also the fact that he was the first person to, uh, and like literally verbalise all in on AEW programming. But then there's a, there's the other side of it. It's just all together. All in, and we'll discuss this more next week. I really don't want to overpower this week's show. No, All no, in no, because no. we're talking about uh, we're talking about Paul Heyman, we also, also talking about Diana. Um, Diana in a minute. But the the thing for me as well is the fact that when you look at it, we are a week and a half away from the show, and at the moment we know there's one show on Zero Hour, but not loads of matches. There's like one match on Zero Hour, and there's some matches on the main card but you think to yourself, but there's not enough matches on the main cards to make you feel like we need a zero hour.
0: That match on zero hour is going to lead into something on the main card.
1: Oh, absolutely. And it's going
0: to... And and it will be the bust up between Adam Cole and and MJF. But I also think that is going to set Will Ospreay up because Aussie Open and Will Ospreay are are, are obviously together in New Japan, aren't they? That used to be the stable. And,
1: And there's also a lot of talk that everyone in that stable is going to be at Wembley, especially as you've got certain members of that roster of uh, certain members of that stable are British based. Yes. Um, Lord Gideon gray, big shout out. Uh, uh, I've not, I've met him quite a few times in the past, but he's part of that faction. He's a rep pro guy. Like he is very British based, even uh, the Aussie open. They are Australian, but they've spent so much time in England with rep pro with progress. Like, and that's the thing, like it, they are very cleverly doing this. That they're going, we know you're going to want to see them and doing it that it's on zero hour. And now the fact that the opening of the doors is earlier and that match is going to be on earlier than what originally it was all like thing for. That is clever because no one's going to want to miss that match. Nope. So they're going to get into their bums onto their seats much earlier. They're going to be ready at those gates at 3.30.
0: But what are they going to do to keep those fans engaged? in Zero Hour, because that match... I mean, yeah, again, we'll talk about it next week, but that match isn't going to go more than 10, 15 minutes because you're not going to want to burn out MJF and Adam Cole.
1: Fozzie performing live
0: oh, at Wembley. One. No, no, no. no. Jericho's most likely booked that. That's going to be the <laughs> interval halfway through the pay-per-view. Yeah. Car, like, in the <laughs> and then Jericho will suddenly come on stage saying, I can't perform tonight. We're going to do a talking spit. Anyway. Um, yeah. <laughs> one person who might, though, be returning to the ring... At All In, potentially, is former ROH World Champion Nigel McGuinness. A new report from FIFO Select notes that McGuinness has been taking measures to try to return to the ring. It's not been confirmed he's been medically cleared, but he has taken steps. Now, it was noted that his name was brought up in recent months as a possible competitor at All In. That would make sense. However, it could not be confirmed there are plans in order for McGuinness to wrestle or that it's been broached internally by AEW back in McGuinness uh, back in April McGuinness spoke about a ring return and would not rule out working the big show uh all in not the big show Paul White at Wembley on August 27th there was speculation bad, no. added, it could be Captain Insano uh there was speculation on McGuinness and Danielson obviously that's out the order because Danielson's got the broken arm I I will say I've missed Danielson not being on TV recently we'll touch on that again later um it could be McGuinness versus Samoa Joe would be a, a good rehash of that of the rivalry. Who knows? But it has been many years now since uh, he competed in the ring. In fact, the last time uh, he wrestled was on twenty ten.
1: That is a that ten is a, like I I can't wait. I I I just for me I'm a massive fan of him anyway. I was a massive fan of when he was in ROH. I've, I've seen him in person in this country, um, not from actually met him, but I've been at the back of a, a Wembley, uh, a wrestling hall, should I say? Um, no, not at the back of Wembley, back of a, a wrestling hall, watching him in the ring. He wasn't um actually wrestling, but he was doing an in-ring promo ready for the next show. Um, But that was back when he was actually wrestling. And like, all reports is that he is such a nice guy, like literally such a nice guy, and he deserves to have another crack of the whip on in the ring, even if it is maybe for one or two matches, but the fact that is, if he is ring fit and ring clear for the 27th, even if it is, let's say, for instance, they chuck in a casino, uh, was it a casino, casino royale?
0: royale? Battle Royal. Yeah. Battle Royal.
1: Even if he was just in there for a few moments just to get that massive pop, for the um for the british crowd i love it even if it's he i hope he doesn't do the whole classic from the commentary booth no 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 but if not i'd lo- i would love to see him obviously we won't see him personally and hear him but when we watch it back we will be able to but to have him on the commentary in england would be beautiful
0: i do, i wonder if that will be it but i do i do expect jim ross to kind of do his last call it at- at uh, all in all, all out, but we'll talk on that next week. Um, one thing I do want to touch on is I'm going to name drop. I interviewed Nigel McGuinness in person, face to face. Yes, uh, I know. I know. In, oh, at Wembley, at Wembley Arena, at yeah, Wembley Arena, uh, when he was Desmond Wolf in TNA. And what I can tell you is he is a genuinely nice chap. In fact, I think I've got a photo where Lee and I were stood next to AJ Styles. And Desmond Wolf, you know, back back in the day, you know, don't be, to, uh, I don't want to rub very it in, Don't want to rub it in too much, but you know, it was a long time ago. Uh, all right, that, <laughs> he's looking at me going, "I'm going to kill you." That's it for the news very round. <laughs> let's um, let's do something a bit different because as we've been talking about over the well, all the way through the show, Impact Wrestling are coming back to the UK in October to do the maximum, well, you want to call it the maximum impact tour, but it's not. It's the UK invasion tour. October 26th, 27th, 28th, and 29th. 26th, they're in Glasgow. 27th, they're in Newcastle. And the 28th and the 29th, they are in Coventry at the HMV Empire. October 29th, tickets went on sale this morning, as we're recording this, on the 16th of August at 9am. You can get them at impact impact wrestling.com forward slash events yesterday i had the pleasure of sitting down one-on-one with the virtuosa diana peraza the interview because of our agreement with impact was released yesterday and you can check it out on the podcast feed and on the youtube channel it went for around 15 minutes sam and i just want to say i think Dionne was such a lovely woman to sit and chat to. And if anyone's expecting us to sit and talk about Impact, we didn't. We talked about Steve, uh, Steve Macklin. We've talked about her journey about rebuilding herself. Yeah. Uh, and, and her mental health and her mental well-being. Um, we've touched on Jordan Grace. We touched on what it was like for her and Steve to win the Impact and the world title on the same night at the same time. We've also talked about how one of the two is a major Marvel fan. Yeah. yeah. So what we're going to do is Very we're cool. going to play a clip from this interview uh, now. It is available, as I said, on the YouTube channel and on the podcast feed. If you haven't listened to it already, check it out. Um, this is my catch up. or well, at least a couple of minutes of it with Diana Purrazzo, uh recorded yesterday. We'll see you after this. All right, welcome back to the Squared Circle podcast. Andy here. Joining me now is a former multi-time Impact Knockouts champion. She's a former Impact Women's Tag champion, AAA Reina Derenas champion as well. Arguably the greatest female professional wrestler of all time and a Captain America fan. I'm loving this. It's the virtuosa <laughs> Diana Perrazzo. Diana, how are you?
2: I'm great. How
0: are you? I'm very good. We won't tell anybody that's the second time we try to do that intro. <laughs> Your
2: secret uh, is safe.
0: Brilliant, and of course well, now it's not. Uh, <laughs> big news coming out, of course. Impact is coming back to the UK in October for the UK tour. How exciting is it for you to be coming to these shores nearly eight years after the last time?
2: I'm so excited. Uh, the last, the last few years, it's always been asked, like, what else do you want Impact to do? And for me, it was always go back to the UK. Um, you know, all the, the people who have been before and done these UK tours talk about the amazing time they had together, the fan base, how insanely supportive they are of Impact Wrestling. And I've seen a glimpse of that the last, you know, three plus years that I've been here at Impact. But um, I'm excited to get back. It's been a long time since I've personally been in the UK or wrestled in the UK. So I'm excited to do that again. But to do it with Impact makes it that much better.
0: I can honestly say that I went to every UK tour Uh, the impact ran prior to them taking their hiatus and they were the best live wrestling shows that I've been to so the the anticipation for you coming back to the UK is really high I can't wait to do it but the big news coming out is that there's an extra date going on sale August 16th at 9 a.m in Coventry Mm -hmm. on October 29th again the impact pardon the pun for UK fans to get an extra date must be really heartwarming for you guys uh over there
2: yeah absolutely uh and just to know that again they're that supportive they're that invested in in seeing impact um and they weren't just excited about three days they forced us into a fourth um feels amazing and i think that it's just like that one more step of a warm welcome of like we can't wait to have you here and this is off the heels of an amazing australia tour that we just did um and you know so I think it's going to be that much better. I think that there's, you know, more of our roster coming with us. There's extra dates. Um, and I'm just excited to be able to do it with some of my greatest friends.
0: What do you think you're going to be doing? Are you going to be going for the Knockout Championship Ooh. against Trinity, uh, Naomi Trinity? And if you want to find out what she said about that, then you need to check out the full interview with Diana Perrazzo. Uh, massive thanks to impact wrestling for uh giving us the opportunity to speak to diana sam you you've watched the interview i mean how pumped are you for the impact tours i'm
1: so pumped i really hope i can go um uh, i'm sure that when we talk about a certain new segment next week uh we will discuss that more as well um i might even talk about it on this show because it really pumps up but no i think for me the fact that it's coming back is fantastic because many moons ago when they were last in this country, I couldn't go because of um, ill health. I really wanted to and I was gutted. I've never been to a live Impact show. Um, and it's it's one thing that's on my bucket list because I really, really want to go see them live. I love them. I've, I, I've said it before when I've surprised you and our previous co-host um, that when we discussed about what was the best wrestling show of the week, I said Impact. And it's because the thing with Impact is they're different. They are the Misfits, as I, 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 I call them. But they're not the Misfits in the fact of they're not great wrestlers. They're amazing wrestlers. But this show is different from your WWE. It's different from your AEW. It is so good. And they are progressing back. I, if COVID wasn't a thing, I, I think they would have already been back on the English shore so much sooner but because of COVID, they, they were they were the most affected company in, in a way. And I and am totally understandable why they're affected, but the fact that they're coming back, we're gonna to get to see such amazing wrestlers, such amazing performers, such amazing talent back on our fair shores. I'm pumped for it. And the fact that we have WWE, AEW, and then TNA impact. In one year in this country, amazing. I I'm just, I am so pumped. And it's not the E numbers.
0: I'd be like this if I had zero energy. I can't wait for them to come. Trust me, I can't wait. I can't remember a show where I've been able not to get a word in edgeways. I mean, I try and say something and you just carry on. Um so am I. I mean, I went, as I said in the interview there, I went, I've been to all of the Maximum Impact Tours when they were running, uh Bournemouth, London, whatever. They were tremendous and There was something about being at an impact show walking around the atrium in the o2 arena um and all of a sudden dixie appeared right walking through the people or just in the crowd and dixie's there and you know you get a photo with dixie you have a chat with dixie the last one we went to um was when i was doing the total wrestling show and i got we went up to do the tour and um got invited backstage and interviewed Serge Salinas, who is Dixie's husband, and was also the main composer for a lot of the music. And you're in this room, and there's Dixie Carter sat there, there's Serge sat there, and you're having a chat. And then they go, do you want to walk into the backstage? And we walk into the backstage area and go around the where the ring is, and you've got all the impact talent there. It, uh, you know, it was it moments like that you don't get with WWE
1: it's a fact I've heard that story before from you, and I still get goosebumps hearing it. Love it. I know. It's brilliant. I love those you, moments.
0: You don't get that with WWEs, and that's Impact, because impacts are for the fans. They're for the people, and they always have been. And, and that's why I love Impact so much. Tickets are available now, impactwrestling.com forward slash events. Um, check out the full interview with Diana Uh I, I've done this for a number of years now, if you haven't guessed, and she was one of my favourite interviews to do this brilliant. All right, coming up next, we're gonna to go to rewind. Let's look back at what happened this week in wrestling history. We'll see you after this. All right, so this week in wrestling history, we're gonna look at three key moments, and you can see them if you're watching on YouTube on screen right now. The first one took place. Uh, in 2010, it was August the 15th, and it was SummerSlam 2010. Um, the show mostly focused on John Cena and his battle with the WWE locker room against the first season of the NXT Rookies, led by Wade Barrett. Of course, that was the Nexus. Um, it was The match ended with the Nexus defeated by Team Cena. It also featured the likes of WWE Hall of Famer, the hitman Bret Hart, Hall of Famer Edge, and... Someone who should be a Hall of Famer, Chris Jericho, plus a returning Daniel Bryan. In other matches, uh, Sheamus defended the WWF champion, WWE Championship against Randy Orton. Sam, what's your? What, do you remember SummerSlam 2010? The whole Nexus storyline with like Wade Barrett and all that type of thing.
1: So, I'll tell you a little story about this. So i going to carry my breath back. So, me, my brother, and a few of our friends used to do, I think, called the Pay Per View Crew. We used to sit down, we used to watch it every month, every pay-per-view, and I remember saying to everyone who that that mystery partner was, they're like, no, it's not, they know it's not, I said, trust me, on our prediction league, trust me, I can tell you it's going to be Brian Daniels, or Daniel Bryan, it's going to be him, no, it's not, it's going to be, it's going to be the Miz, it's going to be this person, it's going to be that person, I said, trust me, it's going to be him, they were like... But why? I said, it works. Think of the storyline. Trust me, you're going to have that moment. We're going to think it's mid. Miz is going to stand there. Boom, walk past. Was I right? Yes, I was. I knew it because of the sheer factor of how they did the storyline. The whole him being fired because he strangled um, Justin Roberts with a tie, all stuff like that. No, that's gobbledygook. It meant he got to give some time to rest. He was with an injury from the NXT like shows. Oh, I thought the whole match was amazing. And the facts of the two teams, I'm a massive Nexus fan. I'm also a massive like that's a fan.
0: So yeah. Have you got your breath back now? Yeah, I have. You're, are you sure? You're sure? Yeah. That was funny. Um do you know what? I think it was very clever booking by WWE because apparently he was legitimately released from the contract, from what everybody knows, right? But Yeah, legitimately with the inverted commas. But it was really clever booking because of the fact that he went to the independent shows. Yeah. But if you remember right, he went to the ones that were affiliated with WWE.
1: Yeah. Oh, interesting, Matt.
0: (laughs) Yeah, very funny. But it was a great match. And it was also good seeing the hitman, Bret Hart. Although, I don't know about you, but I really miss seeing Bret in the pink and black. It just wasn't the same seeing him with, like, Combat chings in a Heart Foundation t-shirt, you know. Yeah. Man. All right. Next up, we August- talk about him. <laughs> <laughs> August the sixteenth, two thousand and one, WWE presented the first ever live edition of SmackDown airing on UPN. The show was notable for two things: the debut of the fist set, which was the, I think, the most iconic SmackDown fist uh, SmackDown set in history, and the use of the beautiful people by Marilyn Manson as the theme song. I mean, you can see it up on screen now. That was such a cool set, wasn't it? Seeing that fist on the entranceway, like punching through the wall. It was, for me, it, it's,
1: there's no other better set. That's, for me, iconic, literally iconic set in wrestling history, and to the point where it's up where up there with some of the greatest WrestleMania entrance ways also with that if so I fully admit definitely used that fist on the entrance make an entrance on the WWE game so many times to the point where I made once where I had about eight or nine fists going around and making the old school um, raw like what's called entrance way with just loads of fists I was like yeah I'm a big kid I'm a big kid well I was still a big kid
0: then so yeah far too much time on your hands. I mean, it's great in 2K23 because you can now have the fist set on SmackDown, the proper one, with the side entrance plates. I remember when you watched, was it smackdown shut your mouth or smackdown here comes the pain one of the two and it was in there for the first time and there was something i don't know what it was about that set but it's just something whenever you watch it you know whenever you look it back on the wwf network wwe network and you look at the old classic smackdowns and you see that set there's just something about it and the beautiful people soundtrack as well
1: it's it's also it was something different that's what was so great but also that that debut show, live show was it's just it was something new it was we had raw and now we got smackdown and – it was just something new and
0: fantastic. So, yeah. yeah. Our last bit for this week, and you can see it on screen. Fred Ottman, formerly known as Tugboat. Yeah. Uh, WCW on August the 18th, 1993, presented Clash of the Champions 24. The main event was Big Van Vader defeating the British Bulldog, Davy Boy Smith, to retain the WCW World Championship. But more famously, The Shockmaster made his debut in a backstage segment uh, seamlessly and graciously busting through a gimmick wall and uh, no mistakes were made. Yeah, right. I love whenever you talk about famous wrestling bloopers, you or laugh out loud moments. That has to be the top of the list. Right? Oh, yeah. That's, when you that's see, up there when, with the Goblin Gooker. Yeah, but when you see the Shockmaster burst through, fall over, then scramble to try and grab that Stormtrooper helmet and put it back on again. And, I mean, w- what was the costume designer smoking when they came up with that? I mean, it just what wasn't he? <laughs>
1: yeah, like, I think it would have been funny anyway if it was another mask. But the fact that they just basically bought a replica stormtrooper mask that would have cost so much covered it in pva glue dipped it in literally the every glitter on the earth and gone oh do you know what this could really work as the new helmet for a wrestler i'm sorry you expecting to tell me that if he what if the mask didn't fall off and it wasn't a failed gimmick he was going to wrestle in that helmet i don't think so hilarious but also there has been speculation through the years, and I would happily join the speculation that that was a work. It was always planned to smash the and make a thing, to make the history, so then everyone talks about their show, talks about that moment. They knew it was going to be a history-making moment. Who, in their right mind, goes, oh, do you know what? Let's push him through a bloody wall. No, no, don't be so freaking stupid.
0: Do you know what? I'm going to try and see if I can find the audio of the interview that I did with Tugboat, where I asked him about the Shockmaster. I'll see if I can find it, and if I can, I'll play it next week on the show. Um, it was just a brilliant segment. We should do that one week. We would do the top 10 most laugh-out-loud moments in professional wrestling. That would be, uh, be a talking point. Um, all the funniest all right, that... gimmicks. <laughs> the Miz. Uh, right. Whoa! That... Whoa, whoa,
1: whoa. whoa! No, no, no. No, no one talks bad of my my my. my oh, the Miz! No, okay, no, the, no.
0: The most laugh out loud gimmick of all time is Shayna Baszler thinking she's got talent. Right, let's go. Um... No, don't see that. Don't see that. She is the winner
1: of. She is going to be the winner of the Royal Rumble next year. For the women.
0: Just I've saying. Only got, I've only got two words to say for you. No boy. Uh, right, let's go to talking point where we're going to be talking about the impact of one. Paul Heyman. We'll see you in a sec. All right, it's time for talking point. So this is actually not my project, not my planned segment. So I'm gonna hand the reins over. I'm going really slow now. I'm going really fast. It's like, ooh. If you look at the screen on, on YouTube, Sky Fiber, I need to sort you out. Can i going to hand you over to Sam, because this week we are talking all about the Heyman effect.
1: Yeah, so as I've said before, and I'll say it again, Heyman's one of my favorite wrestling managers of all time. And I turned to uh, uh, Andy and I said, why don't we do a bit about how much that Heyman has affected the WWE, and wrestling landscape. My feeling is he has made such an impact, and I thought we could talk about this so easy. My first question to Andy is, I'm going to ask you, Andy, your favourite moment of Paul Heyman ever?
0: ECW ECW one-night stand.
1: I thought you were going to say, because it's exactly the same here.
0: 2005 and i know it's the most obvious one to turn around and say but there's two reasons why i've gone with that one that was paul Heyman. that was like the closure of that paulie dangerously character from ecw right that was the chance for paul to come out and go i'm done i've got my moment and it took you back to ecw It took you back to the passion that Heyman had and still has for the business and how much love and respect the fans had for Paul Heyman and for ECW. And how often can you turn around and say, you're the only reason that you wanted to work your WWE champion is because Triple H didn't want to work Tuesdays. You know, that's the first time for me where I think you saw that blurred line between reality and storyline and i think the second moment because they're obviously quite equal is just before survivor series of 2001 where he comes out and he cuts that promo on vince mcmahon yeah and he said in the documentary about i was just told to go out and cut a promo say what you want do what you need but draw me money yeah and That is Paul Heyman. You can sum Paul Heyman up in three words: draw me money. Because everything he touches goes to gold.
1: Yeah, and I think the one like, another reason why I love that moment is the one that stands is the fact that it, it, it's it's up there with like history of wrestling that you can sit back and just watch, and it's just pure gold. It's pure money. It's pure. Like, it makes you want to watch more and more. And you want to watch it again. It ends, it ends its playing. You just want to go and stop, rewind, go back to the start and watch it again. Because this man, I uh, loved when he was had the Heyman guys and he had said on the front, I'm a Heyman guy. And on the back it said, the voice of the voiceless. And uh, the thing for me is that you look back and who he's been affiliated with, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Rick Rude, Ryback, in his time in... in it, it, but listen to me out. it his time when he was with Ryback, right it was fantastic. The fact you had CM Punk, you had Curtis Axel, you had Cesaro. There were so many opportunities and times he was with people. With Brock Lesnar, with Paul White, The Big Show, with Roman Reigns, he has changed in moulded in time. And that being said, with the time that he has been linked with, let's say, for instance, your Roman Reigns, your Brock Lesnar, has there ever been a moment we thought to ourselves of, is there any better manager? And there isn't. For, for me, when we're watching him wrestle, it is truly, and I think I've, I say this, him and Bobby Heenan and Freddie Blassie, there's no one can beat them at their managerial roles. But the thing is, the thing with Heyman, he and the Heyman effect, is that he also knows how to be a good manager because he's been a great promoter. So my question to you, <laughs> another question to you, Andy, is and I'll, I'll happily throw these questions to you because you quite throw the questions to me. Hey. Is that during his time, the affiliation of the all these different wrestlers, be it from when he was Paul poor, Dangerous to now as Paul Heyman, the wise man, the the advocate, and for you, what was his best era? His best time, and who was his best association with?
0: I think that's a really difficult question to answer because Paul Heyman is a bit like the Undertaker. He he changes and evolves as the time goes on, based on his experience and, and where he and who he's with. So, if you look back to WCW in 1991 when he was part of the day when he ran the dangerous alliance that was the very early inclination of what paul Heyman was going to become that was a really rough and ready you know obnoxious character that was actually forward thinking and he did some great work with guys like ravishing rick rude like arn anderson like bobby eaton who you wouldn't have expected to have fallen under the tutelage of, of paul Heyman. he adapted then when you think about the ecw run and it was poorly dangerously, that disappeared and it became Paul Heyman. Yeah. That I think is when you saw the beginning of greatness. But then you've got that, and you've got those historic promos, and you've got the Paul Heyman effect in ECW, turning it round, taking it from a grassroots indie promotion to pretty much the third brand in professional wrestling. And in some ways, one of the most respected brands to this day, because people still chant ECW and all elite are still pulling out the ECW originals, yeah, but then he he developed again when he went into the wWF and and I think that's really to, to bring it back it's a, and, I'm, and I'm waffling it's a really difficult one to answer because you can't answer it. I think each iteration of Paul Heyman has brought something different, and he's grown and he's developed to where he is now, the wise man character that he's playing with Roman Reigns is an embodiment of 30, 35 year career of Paul Heyman. And I can sum it up by the SummerSlam press conference when he yes. came out and he went F the rules and he broke down the story. He broke down what's going to come next. And, and that's Paul Heyman yeah, ahead of his time.
1: And uh, I throw this around, and like, i fully admit, I've thrown around saying bona fide Hall of Famer so many oh, times. without about a, doubt. a doubt. But this man, if he is not the main event, main name of next year's Hall of Fame in Philadelphia, it is a crime. To and I honest- truly believe he can still be on weekly showings, like you have your Rey Mysterio, like you have your Edge, he could still come out and be on weekly showings, still as the Hall of Famer Paul Heyman. And just imagine that acceptance speech. You think the Undertaker last uh, last year was amazing? No, you ain't seen nothing yet. When you've got that man with a microphone in his hand talking about his life, and also who's gonna put, who's gonna accept him into the Hall of Fame? Their stories are gonna be amazing. So yeah.
0: You've got to think with the Hall of Fame, and this is a completely different conversation, but you've got to think with the Hall of Fame, there are certain individuals in the industry who don't need to have an undercard of inductees, right? The Rock doesn't need to have an undercard of inductees. Stone Cold didn't need to have an undercard of inductees. Triple H didn't need to have an undercard. Shawn Michaels, to a degree, didn't need to have an undercard.
2: The Undertaker.
0: The argument is The Undertaker. He didn't need to have one either. Paul Heyman is one that I think would actually overshadow anybody else who go who went into his class. Whether or not it's the class of 24, who knows. But if it is, and it makes sense it being in, in Philadelphia, I would do the whole thing around Paul Heyman.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, yeah,
0: and I, and I wouldn't just have one person induct him. I would have Rob Van Dam come out. I would have Tommy Dreamer come out. I would have the Sandman yeah. come out. I would have Mick Foley come out. I would have almost I, have it like this is your life. Basically, yeah. Go back, yeah, I,
1: go I, back I, to the nineties and have a, this is your life, yeah. or like Paul Heyman,
2: yeah. or
1: a, another thing would be what if? And I'm just going to put this spitball an idea. If you are going to have Paul Heyman as the one who's the main event, let's say. All the rest of the people who are being inducted next year should be extreme wrestlers, like you have your Tommy Dreamer. You people like that, they should be inducted that yes, So it's almost like an ECW year.
0: But do you so know that, what, That's just me. Do you, know what, yeah, but do you know what the ultimate fan dream would be? What's now, that? WWE would never do it because it will never give them the revenue. You induct Paul Heyman in the ECW arena. That's it.
1: Money.
0: Now, obviously, the capacity would be nowhere near what they would do if they did it in the arena like they do now with, you know, following SmackDown. But Paul Heyman, back home, ECW Arena, inducted by the ECW Originals. You could even bring back Joey Styles to host the evening.
2: Oh, my God, yes.
0: Instead of like Kayla Braxton or Renee Young or whatever, it could be Joey Styles coming back. To, to host it now that this is fantasy booking we are fantasy booking paul heyman going into the hall of fame but i want to pick up on one point that you said and that is he could still come out weekly on tv as wwe hall of famer paul heyman personally i think that would ruin the paul heyman character for me and, and there's two reasons for this oh, interesting. I, I think the bloodline storyline is the combination of paul heyman's career Okay. He it is everything we've talked about earlier on. Thirty-five plus years in professional wrestling, Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, Dangerous Alliance, ECW. Everything is coming together in this. It's the pinnacle of storylines. And when it comes down to the end, he will go out as the manager of the longest reigning WWE champion in history. Yeah. Yeah. He will go out as being the architect of the biggest, longest story in recent memory. And actually, what is left for Paul Heyman to do?
1: And that's the thing. My, 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 my thing is, is where are they going with it as well? Because I see, personally, no offense to to cover, incredible in-ring talent but not overly amazing on the mic. So are they going to do it where he would be solo to cover's like ring what um, what's called voice piece as, I, as that mm-hmm. saying goes, is that where they're going? But then are they thinking, are they just elongating it? Is it, is it, is it oh yes, another screw job like we had where it went, Paul Heyman was with um, Brock Lesnar, and then he was with Roman Reigns. Oh, then he bounced back from, to Brock Lesnar to then actually find out he was actually under Roman Reigns' reign. And we, everyone says, the GOAT. He, is he the GOAT? Is he the GOAT this? He's a GOAT that? He's one of the GOATs. He is, for me, not the GOAT, and I'm not poo-pooing on him. He is one of the best like, wrestling managers of all time, but he is one of, not the best. He is one of. But... He is the best in his form, like the way he does stuff and in the form of, if you look at Paul, uh, 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 Bobby Heenan, if Bobby Heenan was around these days, it's a completely different style than what Paul Heyman is doing. It's the same with Freddie Blasi. If he was around these days, it's completely different. Would it work the same? In a day and age that not many wrestlers have managers, which is a crime. I'm a massive wrestling managers fan. It works with storylines, and some of the storylines in WWE, AEW, Impact, all around the world need managers because some, some sometimes the wrestlers are the best in the ring, but they grab that, that, that stick, as old uh, CM Punk would say, and you'd rather than Mike to have a... The power to you because you don't want to hear their voices and that's no offense and then it's the flip side there are some people who are the best on the mic get them in that squared circle and oh my lord i'm going to turn off or i'm going to go off and go make, make myself a coffee or going to go and go use the uh public toilets like and it's the fact is that Heyman grips you that's the thing and he is a proof that he is one of the best he is one of the goats because of that that situation And that's why the Paul Heyman effect works so well, because it grips you in and you want to hear everything he has to say.
0: The thing about Heyman is he is the all-round total package, right? He doesn't have to be a manager. He could be a commentator, which he's done, and he was great on the mic. But he can also come out, I think, and grab you by the heartstrings. And we saw that in the road to WrestleMania this year, especially that promo with Cody Rhodes on Monday Night Raw, which everybody is still talking about to this day because it was absolute gold. You know, he came out, he did the heartfelt strings of being one of Dusty's kids and growing up with Dusty and working with Dusty and WCW. And then just like that, he turned it round and ripped the heart out of Cody Rhodes and said, Roman Reigns is his son. That's the ability of Paul Heyman to control the narrative and control the story to create the story to build the story um, and say, to hell with the rest of you. We're doing it my way. Now, to take the Bloodline storyline, no, he shouldn't carry on. Once it's done, that's it. He shouldn't go to Solo Sokoa. I was a bit concerned earlier this last month that he was going to go with uh, Jey Uso. Yeah. Um, I'm glad they didn't. I think the Bloodline is, is one and done. You know, he says we're at the bottom two thirds of the innings. We're not. I think we're pretty much at the end of the the bloodline run now. I think it will culminate at WrestleMania 40. Um, but his impact in professional wrestling is is second to none. I would argue you saying he is the greatest manager of all time. And, and yeah. I don't mean no disrespect to Bobby Heenan, because I am a huge Bobby Heenan fan. I always have been. But if you look at him, he is here and Bobby Heenan is literally a hair's whisper. And I don't think in this day and age, if Bobby Heenan was still around, active, he would actually hold a candle to Paul Heyman.
1: No, well, I understand that. I, I, I really fully respect that. And that's the joys of uh, being yeah. a wrestling fan. we we'll are open different opinions. It, but absolutely. Not, and, and no one's opinion is is the right answer. But the it's thing common. is, we yeah. no, 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 But the thing is, all we do know is the fact that I, I, I'm using a little, like, a little thing that I remember back in college when I did performing arts. We were always taught about saying a speech and how you want to have it. that you want to be have it where you will have your audience all sat almost like on the voice? We have those chairs that turn around, but you have everyone facing away from you
2: mm-hmm.
1: within the first minute of any speech you should grab them and you should be able to have every single one of those seats turn around and be focused on you Paul Heyman and his effect does one thing better he grabs you within the first seven seconds and there's a thing in psychology that in the first seven seconds of meeting someone that you've never met before you make your first and your full judgment on them may not be the right judgment and they might change your mind but they grab you, and that's what Paul Heyman does in that first seven seconds of hearing any promo, you're gripped, you're like, what are you saying? Or even the facts on social media, you're scrolling through Instagram, you're scrolling through X, you're on Facebook groups. Anything Paul Heyman, people stop, they read, they watch, they like, the, the viewing ratings of anything Paul Heyman on WWE YouTube is stupidly high. Even if it's him just absolutely ripping a new one into Kayla Braxton on Talking Smack, or if he's actually ripping a new one into Brian's, um, Brian's, Brian Saxton on um, the, the Raw one. It's just, that's the thing. He grabs anyone and he grabs anyone by the cojones, but he does. And I truly believe there's not one wrestler who could have him as their manager and not be a main, not so much a main eventer, but be in a storyline because if it's not the wrestling or not the speaking, he is guiding each and every one of them. That's why when I said about Ryback, yeah, he ain't the greatest. However, when he, they were affiliated with each other, it worked. You look at um, Michael McGillicuddy then became Curtis Axel. That worked because it was with Paul Heyman.
0: See, I, I, I'm, I'm going to argue. I'm going to argue that though, because, and the reason I'm going to argue it is no disrespect to yourself, but I don't remember that. Now I remember Punk. I remember Cesaro. I remember Lesnar. I remember Roman Reigns. I even remember back in the OVW days some of the guys he had down there. But I can't remember Ryback or Curtis Axel. Right? Now, I know it happened, but I can't remember yeah. it. So no I think that I think the, the overall perception that a lot of wrestling fans have is that, yes, you've got this Heyman effect and he's a Midas touch and when you touch something, he turns everything gold. He doesn't. He's had some, some fadings. No. Now, part of that can be yeah, Rybacks. Part of that can be WWE booking or the actual storylines that he's got coming in. But I think with Heyman, he will try and turn a turd into a polished turd. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I get get, it, And 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 he will try and do that. He can't always. And I think you you also see that frustration in him. Yeah. And you saw that frustration in him towards the end of 2004 when he was leaving the WWF and he took some time away and then he came back. You saw that frustration in Heyman when they brought ECW back. Never talk about that again. You saw that frustration in him when he was on commentary you saw that frustration in him in terms of of various different things that he's done right but you also look in recent memory at some of the most pivotal moments in our industry you look at the undertaker streak being broken right you talk about brock lesnar who was with him yeah you talk about you talk about the longest reigning wwe champion who was with him
1: also you look back also we're talking about long reigns cm punk when they were they were working together that was when cm punk did his massive long reign but also with linked to cm punk one of my favorite storylines or stuff like that with Heyman in the recent years i say recent years about 10 so years ago wrestlemania 29 cm punk versus the undertaker like in New York, but it was an um, NYNJ, I think, or I think that's what it was. Yeah. WrestleMania NYNJ, and the storyline leading up to that, when they were doing the whole Haman uh, of um, what's called uh, uh, Paul um, Paul Bearer and stuff like that, it was pure brilliant. And the fact of, I'm not saying CM Punk would not able to do that storyline leading into that match and not be amazing, but the fact of Heyman being linked to that made it. Th- little bit more special and made it just that, it, it, it it's almost like having a perfect cake and going, oh, we're just going to add a bit of sprinkles on top. Superb. I talk about food too much. But he yeah. Is,
0: but he, it's as I said earlier, Heyman's the Midas touch. Yeah. You give him something and he'll turn it to gold.
1: Well, it's um, like Stone Cold Steve Austin always says that if it wasn't for Heyman, some of his in-ring mic work wouldn't be what it is because they sat down and chatted so many times about it.
0: But that's but that's another aspect of Paul Heyman that nobody really appreciates when you look at him in creative, that mind, he's always constantly thinking of stories and ways to go, and whereas you think, I mean, you know you and I have taught booking and and creative before, you could be booking for January, he's booking for january twenty twenty four yeah he's that far ahead that's his mind that's that creative psychological psycho genius that that he is right but he's an he's an encyclopedia you could ask paul Heyman anything and he does it and what happens to paul Heyman at the end i don't know i think there's part of me that thinks the industry would be absolutely at a loss if you lost that impact of Paul Heyman, if you lost him being involved in the backstage capacity. But there's another part of me, this really selfish part of me, that wants Paul Heyman to be given an unlimited amount of funds and told to go out and do it again.
1: Do you know what I'd love to see him? uh, uh, Maybe it's a hope and joy of it all. NXT Europe Oh. Just imagine if he was given the power behind that. End storyline with bloodline. Perfect time around WrestleMania next year because they're saying that NXT Europe could be starting next summertime. Just imagine if whoever in charge of WWE is, we'll talk about that, I'm sure, in news round next week when we're having more stories come out about it this week. But we will sit there and we will think to ourselves... How beautiful and how golden that promotion would be if that man had his Midas touch, as we call it, touch that promotion and touch that form. Oh, it would be it would be
0: perfect. In in closing this bit and in closing the show, because we're coming to the end, we replace the term the Midas touch with quite simply what we've called this section, the Heyman effect. Yeah. And that is it. It's the Heyman effect on professional wrestling. Whatever he touches goes to gold. Heyman's legacy in this business is never going to be matched. It's unparalleled. He is up there with Vince McMahon. McMahon is a great yeah. Yeah, Whether or not you like McMahon or whether you hate McMahon, I couldn't care because he's up there. Without Vince, we wouldn't have All Elite. Without Vince, we wouldn't have Impact. Without Vince, we wouldn't have New Japan. Without Vince, we wouldn't have the biggest wrestling event happening in a week's time at All In.
1: But we also wouldn't have it if it wasn't for Heyman.
0: Exactly. And they're they're a tandem. They're going, you could argue the same about Eric Bischoff to a lesser degree. But it it all started with Vince. And Heyman is the same. Heyman has got the mind. He's done it. He's taken a grassroots promotion that should never have been at national level and got it onto national TV. It should never have been international. He got it international. He should never have been on pay-per-view. He got it on pay-per-view. It should not be talked about almost 30 years after it launched. Yeah. Absolutely. And it, it shouldn't be. ECW shouldn't yeah. still be talked about. But it is. And you shouldn't have had in 2005 one of the best pay-per-views of all time that didn't feature WWE performers. It featured, yes, under contract to WWE, but it featured ECW originals. And that, was Heyman. That is the Heyman effect. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Bloody dookie. There we go. What better way to finish the show than talking about the legend that is Paul Heyman. Uh, Thanks, Sam, for coming up with that idea. Now, if you want to get in contact and let us know what you think about Paul Heyman, do you agree with the comments? Do you agree with the Heyman effect? Then you can do using the hashtag TSCpod across all the social media at TSC Wrestling Pod. Now, don't forget as well that you can subscribe on all the main podcast platforms. We've given you a selection here, Spotify, Apple, and Google by searching the Squared Circle and look for the Squared circled podcast logo in the top left-hand corner. Um, Subscribe, like, leave us a review. It really does help us. And on YouTube, like Sam said earlier on, click subscribe and hit the bell. Then you get told about the latest releases as they come now. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, I've taken it all off. Next Sunday, all in. We're meeting up August the 27th at Wembley Stadium. We've talked about it all the way through the show. But more than that, wrong background. But more than that, I'm really making a mistake on here. It's because I'm trying to wrap up the show. But more than that, Sam, you were going to pitch it next week. Do it now. What are we bringing to the masses next week, right here on the Squared Circle?
1: So, me, Sam Mellows, Andy Evans. We are going to be going on the road all the way to Wembley, to all in AEW. And when we're there, and also on our journey there and back, we're going to record ourselves. We're going to do a little vlog. It's going to be a new segment that's going to come up on our YouTube channel. It's going to be a YouTube exclusive. And it's going to be called TSC Road Agents. Whenever we go to live wrestling shows and we have opportunity to talk to wrestlers, talk to fans, we're going to be on our on the road and we're going to take our camera with us. We're going to film interviews and talking points. When we're in, we're going to leave reviews straight away there and then we're going to be the road agent. Why? Because we are on the road and we're agents. But no, seriously, when we're there, we'd love you to feature on said episodes. So if you see us on the road, if you see us at the Fleet Service Stations, because it's a, it's part of the pilgrimage to London, you have to stop at Fleet Service Stations, little plug to Fleet Service Stations. Um, but honestly, if like it's for us, it's going to be a great new uh, segment. It's only going to be YouTube exclusive. But the great thing is, we can, You can see how our journey goes there and back and also during our time there. But also when in future shows, we're going to be doing other shows. So be it going to a show nearby at Rev Pro, or be it we go up the country to watch Impact, we're going to be on the road and you'll be able to follow us our journey along with us. Hopefully yeah. we'll interview a few wrestlers along the way and hopefully also some of you fans. So please meet up with us on the 27th because we'd love you to feature on it. So, yeah, uh, that is Road Agents. We will have more information about it next week. And then after we have the show, we'll put it all together and we'll release our first episode. For the first episode, it will be AEW All-In at Wembley Stadium on the 27th. So, yeah, please join us uh, with uh, TSC Road Agents.
0: I love how he says, we'll put it all together. It won't be, we'll put it all together. It'll be, I'll put it all together. You never Uh, know. I I might put it together. Who knows? (laughs) We want to be able to watch it. I'll put it all together. So,
2: <laughs> it,
0: it's all good. I mean, it's also going to be interesting to see how bad I look on the way back because uh, of driving back from uh, Wembley Stadium at God knows what time it's going to be in the morning. Be fine. And I guarantee you that when we get to Fleet, you'll be seeing a flood of AEW t-shirts and all the things. So we'll know who to catch. That's Road Agents next week. Now, also uh, next week, we are going to be previewing All In. Uh, did you know it's happening next Sunday? Uh, we're going to be previewing that show next week on the card in the event center. We're going to also hopefully have a guest. Uh, that guest is my longtime close personal friend and Sam's, uh, the godfather of UK wrestling podcast uh, Lee Tires will be joining us. Uh, the original creator of the Squared Circle, so the guy who uh, him and I worked very closely together on this and the original uh, Ministry of Slam back in the day. So Lee's going to be joining us next week for the All In Preview. Uh, hopefully going to be speaking to him as part of Road Agents as well. Uh, and we got all your news, everything else. That's next week. But until then, Sam, any last words?
1: Yeah, um, I'm just going to... Uh, my last little thing is thank you, everyone, for joining us on today's episode. I also want to give a massive shout out to Travis. Uh, Travis is the guy who interviewed me for Southwestern Railway and he's a massive wrestling fan and he's one of our new subscribers and I want to say a big thank you because uh, also I've got the job um, so I will be starting Southwestern Railway soon um, but that does not affect me doing this show well, I'm still going to love doing this show but yeah, ma- massive shout out to Travis because tail end of my interview I should have started with it anyway the tail end of my interview I talked about wrestling and he marked out and he started singing Cody Rhodes' theme tune so that was awesome so yeah Big shout out to Travis. Thank you for the interview. But no, also thank you all you fans who listen every single week. We love you. Please get involved because we love hearing from you. And hopefully we will see you at the matches, especially at All In.
2: <laughs>
0: You've stolen my catchphrase. You can use it again because it's the best,
1: literally one of the best catchphrases ever. I love it. I love it. I literally love that saying.
0: I almost got it into the interview last night, but I forgot. Um, oh, no. I know. I know. Uh, one final plug. If you want to listen to Diana Perazzo or watch Deanna, you can do on YouTube and on the podcast feed. Big thanks to Impact Wrestling. Don't forget, buy your ticket to the Impact Wrestling UK Invasion Tour taking place in October uh, on the 26th, 27th, 28th, and 29th. Impactwrestling.com forward slash events buy your tickets today. Uh, We will see you next week. Sam, congratulations on the job. That's great news. And uh, until then, we might see you at Rinkside. Uh, We'll see you soon. Take care, everybody. See you next week. Bye-bye.